Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very, very little that you ever need to know. I'm Eric Zempa. I'm Brady Steffel. And I'm Annie Larner. <laughs> There's a delay. <laughs> there she is. She finally made it. Breaking down the door to get here. Oh, I'm late. How are is you all doing? Is it delayed? For yeah, mine, it just sounds like I did it right on time. No, it just sounded like you were kind of late. You know, you were just, it's like a drum roll. We need silly. a drum roll for you or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Any learner. Yeah. So how are, uh, how's everybody doing? How's your, how's your week? How's your weekend? Oh man. I, I've been, I've been laid up. I don't know what I got. I took a couple at home tests. Oh, you Brady, probably, you don't sound too good. Yeah, I sound like I've been gargling sand and snorting soup over here. But um, well, you got to stop smoking, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Yeah. I'm Johnny Cash. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, so I've been <laughs> you feeling. You do super- sound like that. Yeah, no, I I got a fairly low voice to start with, and then um, you put a cold on top of it, and it's it's not great. So I actually like today. I feel all bright and cheery, chipper. Um, chipper is a chipmunk. Uh, as probably nobody says, but um. <laughs> Nobody says that at all. No, well, I do now today, just today, probably. <laughs> but um, no, that's no, so, yeah. I haven't done anything. Long story short, I played a bunch of video games this week because I had zero energy to do anything else. Okay, that's, that's it. Cool, Annie. That's how are you story. doing? Hey, I'm pretty good. You know, got through uh, last weekend, which was, as you all know, because I've announced it a million times, concert weekend, and it went pretty well. We had a nice little turnout from Longmont, Colorado. Thank you to anyone and everyone who came out. We had snow, and that's like the concertist nightmare because we've definitely had to cancel concerts before on snow days, but... We had a pretty good showing. We filled enough of the house to feel good about it. They're at Vance Brand Auditorium. I haven't been back in that auditorium for years. It's so nice. We're so lucky to have that auditorium. It's really impressive. It is. It's awesome. It'd be nice if they served alcohol during concerts. But, you know, it is what it is. So they can't because of the I was thinking the yeah. same thing. As we were, like, <laughs> watching all the snow come down and I'm freaking out that nobody's going to show up, I was like, why didn't we advertise selling a little booze, bringing in some food trucks? Yeah. That's what yeah. we bring them all out. I mean, you know, the problem is, is they can't do it on school grounds. So maybe you could do it across the street. Ah, uh, that would yeah. be the problem. Right, because yeah, we, we've done concerts at Stewart before, and we serve wine before and during intermission, and it's so clutch, right? Come I think it's wine. funny, like this idea of like, okay, everybody, we're going to go out, we're going to the parking lot and do shots. Like, <laughs> like you have to like leave, you know, like leave the prom, and then, oh, we're going to go over here, we're going to sneak out. Somebody's got like a, a full bar in their trunk, we're just going to go over there. Uh, we'll charge you five bucks a shot. It's I'm a, all for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think I think the alcohol segue is a good way to get our guest on for today. So uh, we are proud to be joined by Eric Wallace, the co-founder and uh, co-owner of Left Hand Brewing Company. So welcome in, Eric. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. We really appreciate you taking some time. So gosh, what was it, 27 years ago, 28 years ago, you started Left Hand Brewing with Dick and... Yep, 1993. Yeah, and crazy. So um, we want to talk about affordable housing, but I, I kind of wanted to, you know, just have you do a shameless plug if there's anything you want to talk about at Left Hand Brewing right now that's going on or anything you want to, you know, promote to our audience. If you're looking for a place where you can actually have some beer or wine or cocktails <laughs> and have a have a show got a <laughs> exactly. right next door here. Our beer garden so that's a pretty shameless plug and we do our own shows as well so we're open to uh people producing their shows on our property or us we and we produce a, a number of our 
And Eric, what's one of the hours of the, yeah, um, sorry, the, the beer garden? Oh, you, you can ask me. I think we have three to three to eight on uh, Wednesday, Thursday, um, and then up to nine on Friday, Saturday. But we open at noon Saturday and Sunday. Like so it's it's roughly that. Yeah, I need list to you know, remind every, our audience too. He is the head honcho, so he really, you know, I kind of caught him flat footed there. So it isn't even really need to know the hours, but the exact you know, hours. Yes. Yeah. And downstairs, yeah. and downstairs, it's a little longer. We usually open at noon, but we open at 11 on the weekends. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Uh, you got some great things, uh, great products over there as always. So it's uh, really enjoyed it recently. And and I hope the beer garden is doing well. So uh, it's a really great space. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of people out there. They come out for yoga. They come out for the cornhole. They come out for the music. They come out for, you know, just to hang out and let their kids run around barefoot for a few hours. Well, you know, we got a listener who... who uh, really, uh, told us about the show and said that Andy, you had the best, uh, you know, way to not worry about stress, you know, like, you know, you do yoga, you were stressed till the other week or whatever. <laughs> and so that Brady's response was like the best thing ever. So uh, listen, Nick, Nick was cracking up about that. So, uh, you know, but anyway, so you can do yoga now at the October, I mean, I'm sorry, at the beer garden. Um, let's, let's get into prosper Longmont, Eric. Uh, I know your time is valuable. So we want to, we want to make sure we're mindful of that. So can you describe to our audience what prosper Longmont's all about? Yeah, prosper Longmont came together, a group of us, um, we're talking about it, uh, a group affiliated more or less loosely with Longmont economic development partnership and other kind of community leaders. Um, one of the biggest issues that I, as a business person, am having, and as a father, am having my kids can't afford to live in town. My A lot of my employees can't afford to live in town. Yeah. I kind of started comparing notes with other people that are trying to run businesses. I happen to also chair the Longmont Economic Development Partnership Board. Um, it's a common problem for all of us, from high-tech, low-tech, manufacturing, hospitality, and then you start talking to city leaders like, like Harold Dominguez in the city is having an issue and Lonnie Kramer out at the hospitals and is having problems and LUH hospitals having problems. Um, Anton Dvorak is, is on their board. So just as we talk to more and more people, the school district's having problems. The Front Range Community College is having problems. Like everybody you talk to, it's, it's, it's gone from, oh yeah, that's a problem to, yeah, no doubt that's a problem. I mean, yeah. everybody now fully realizes it but there's no like concerted effort at leadership on this issue by our city leaders. So Prosper came together to try to like liven up the conversation a little bit and, and get something to happen. Um, if you look at Envision Longmont, our strategic plan and Advanced Longmont 2.0, another strategic plan that kind of work in conjunction and the city's council's work plan, all of them pay homage in written word to a lot of these issues. They identify uh, some solutions in there. They talk about flexibility. They talk about ways to address it. But that's where it, that's where it ends. There's a lot of stuff written in documents, but they don't seem to be guiding action. Mm -hmm. um, and as I've said um, to council directly, it's like, if, if, if the city were doing what the city said it was going to do in these plans, there would be no Prosper Lama. 
Prosper Longmont has come together probably to, as much as anything to try to focus the attention on what we think is the hardest single problem to solve. And not just in Longmont, I mean, up and down the Front Range, across Colorado, across the United States, we have a massive $10 million, uh, 10 million unit uh, housing shortage nationally. And, and if you want to interpolate um, numbers in Longmont, our estimate is we're anywhere from seven to 8,000 units short right now. That's based on state task force work. That's based on National Association of Realtor um, work, Rosen Group, white papers, all of these, they all point to the same neighborhood. And um, we know we have a supply versus demand issue, but we don't seem to be treating it like that. Well, and as an employer, you probably, I, I think, you know, you, you'd mentioned to me that you have employees who can have other opportunities in other communities where they might be able to buy a house. And that puts stresses on the, the employers in the community. Um, you know, and, and so Prosper Longmont kind of was derived partly because of that. And you're really talking about home ownership, too. You're not talking we're, about you're not talking about renting. We're, there's a lot of rentals out there. And the rental market is... <laughs> the reason it's skyrocketed, the last number I saw, I think in this morning's paper, because every single day now there's an article. Uh, I think the last number I saw was 26.6% annual increase in rental rates. Yeah. Um, if there were more houses to buy, a lot of those renters are wannabe buyers. They want to own their own home. So we need a mixture of solutions from from. ADUs to, to rentals to high end to low end to median. We think that the hardest band to solve is that missing middle. The way we we just find it roughly is eighty to one hundred twenty percent AMI. You know, uh, annual median income um, for purchase homes. So that's that is really what our focus is. With and certainly realizing that there there are dozens of other solutions that have to come into play as well but we really want longmont to try to solve for that equation and cuz if we can solve for that equation then we can export and share our best practices with other communities because we can't solve it in a vacuum the, the their problem will continue to be our problem yeah, you know, it's, it's like it's, it is it is an our problem thing isn't it we no, talk well, we're talking to people in Boulder. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, we realize that we used you for decades as our cheap housing solution, but they right. ain't working anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, it, so you're, you're one to probably do a lot of studies and, and consulting with a lot of, you know, studies and, and look, look, look at different ways to do things. I'm kidding. I'm joking. You're probably one for action. Is what I'm know that I so. love drawing things out and never doing anything other than paying expensive consultants. <laughs> To tell me how how dumb I am or how smart I am. So consulting studies is not your gig. So what is your what is your thing? Like what is the action step here? The what we've asked specifically to city council is identify the size of the gap, remove obstacles to filling the gap, and Longmont has its its own unique set of circumstances and getting. Getting those houses built, those homes built. And when we say houses, try to take out of your mind our four walls and a roof and a yard. You know, it's going to require all kinds of different solutions, townhomes, condos, um, small homes, courtyard homes. I mean, 
all of the things that are happening. I was just up the same guys that built some of the Blue Vista homes are building uh, mission homes now, Boulder Creek homes in Boulder County. They're building up in in Bertha and they're building three hundred thousand dollar homes. Wow. Um, so, you know, there it is possible to do, but it takes a collective will and it takes a lot of things to come together from zoning to design standards to, to all the different things in every single expert in the entire process is a potential friction point. And Eric, <laughs> you, you talked about removing obstacles. Can you be more specific, like what those obstacles might be? I think that there needs to be, the first obstacle is, is what we think about when we think of, of, of a home and removing, removing this easiest path of, we'll just plow down some more ag land and we'll just build some more homes which for a community that's providing infrastructure, the most expensive development is the development on the fringe of your community because it's the most distant from the core services, right? Whether it's running a trash truck, run a trash truck, you know, two blocks is cheaper than running a a trash truck six miles. And um, same thing for everything, sewer, plumbing, electrical. Uh, Next light, Police response services, just every everything on the list. The farther you are, the more sprawl you have, the more asphalt you have, the more road maintenance you have, the more snow plowing you have. <laughs> it just it just goes and goes and goes. And we've got first thing we got to do is I think address that mindset. We have to make a a, a collective decision to stop sprawling. Everyone, that was the bad phone, it sounded like. So, um, <laughs> it's my bad phone. It's right. <laughs> Sorry, I still have a landline. I should get rid of it. <laughs> no worries. I don't answer it anyway. <laughs> hey, um, so uh, the, the website is prosperlongmont.org, and you've got some great blogs in there too, as well, for some community uh, uh, individuals and talking about you know, why it's important. And John Creighton over at High Plains Bank talking, talking about home ownership and why it's important. And other people talking about how it leads to wealth. And, and you know, I think you're, you're talking about density. You know, you're talking about instead of just plowing land and finding new land to build large spur, you know, uh, large homes and such, you're kind of talking in the density group here. We, we talk about density all the time and improving oh, yeah. density. Eric often like gives me a hard time for calling this like the the real estate minute, because I'm always talking about how, how insane and how difficult it is. And you go online and to the communities where people talk from Longmont and they say, I've been looking and looking and looking and I'm giving up. I'm done. I can't. It's too hard. And I don't blame them because I look down the street and see a house at $600,000 or $800,000 and you go, yeah, I, I remember when I was working in kitchens. There's no way I would have bought a house. Not at all. The houses that were going for 80, 90, 100,000 when I moved here, which is a long time ago, 28 years ago, are now going to on the market at 550 and 600. And, and that is a compo- compounded annual growth rate that far, far, far exceeds what people are making, earnings increases and the CPI and all of the other official government measurements somehow ineffectively capture the fact that home prices have gone far beyond people's ability to pay. Now we're blessed in Longmont. Part of the dynamic is that we're 75 plus percent surrounded by open space, which is really great and really makes Longmont an attractive place to live if you already own a home. Mm -hmm. But um, if you don't already own a home, it's less attractive. 
And for our own economic vitality and the success of small businesses, you know, salons, restaurants, flower shops, dog care centers, child cares, whatever, child care, a whole other issue. Let's not go there. Um, <laughs> big problem. But um, for all of those things to be sustainable, the density and, and the population living near those services is really critical. And the fact that people are driving out to the other side of I-25 because they can't afford anything on the west side of I-25, that doesn't help our businesses and it doesn't help our tax base. And all it does is aggravate traffic. The, the less we are dense, the more we sprawl, the more we impact the, the environment. The, the more we build single family, the more we impact the environment. The more road miles that we're putting on every single worker's average commute, the more we impact the environment. And, you know, the Denver metro smog continues to get worse and we continue to violate federal standards. All of these things are all ultimately related. And um, we it's going to take a huge shift in the way we view our community from, you know, single family ranch style, you know, two stories spread around to where we're going to actually, I think we consciously need to build an urban, a much more urban environment near the core of the city. And we happen to sit, the brewery sits in one of those cores. We're coming out of the floodplain here in a couple of years. What a huge opportunity for all those hundreds of millions of dollars that were spent to actually increase the tax base and house thousands of people create lots of commercial space for more businesses, public public areas for people to enjoy, become more river facing, as Envision Longmont says, as Advanced Longmont 2.0 says. How do we we can accomplish all of that? And the whole steam and sugar mill side of the of the the you know the street as well, going across Maine to the east. These are areas where if we're going to make RTD and the, the new bus rapid transit and maybe someday when I'm dead trains, um, terminal success, <laughs> um, you got to have population density. Yeah. yeah, I mean, without the density, transit's just not viable. So there's everything is linked in my mind. And to me, the core, core issue is housing yeah. and, 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 so- and people and housing and people having equity that they're invested in yeah. the community, that they don't take a job for three years, rent rent goes up right. and they move to Michigan. The single like so exactly. the single largest source exactly. of intergenerational wealth is, is home equity, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And your, your vision really makes me think of a, a YouTube series or that was called, I think called Strong Towns. And they talked about um, approaching it more in the way that I think it's the Netherlands do, where roads are for people. People can kind of move around in that way. You don't need to have a car to get everywhere. You don't need a monster truck to fill up with you know, four bananas and a gallon of milk. Like that's, it's just not, yeah. Eric's like, you know, you don't need smokestacks and all the rest of it. Those are called bone airs. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I, 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 like, I love this idea of having a a beautiful walkable, like I, I feel bad if people have to commute and they can't get around, but ultimately shouldn't it be a beautiful thing to have a place where people can live, work and play just on foot, on bicycle, a little scooter, e-bike, um, all of the things that you're saying just make me think like it's viable and that's what we should push Logmont to do. We believe that there's an opportunity right now to actually start pushing in that direction because the the industrial park where the brewery is, I mean, we we have a river district group, which is one of the initiatives under Advanced Longmont 2.0. This is not Prosper, 
I, I chair Prosper, I co-chair the River District, but they there's a nexus there. I mean, those things are linked together. If we're going to have economic development and redevelopment of this stuff that, you know, a lot of it's 1950s and 60s buildings that are that are falling apart and they, they need to some investment anyway. Let's build new stuff. Let's build some businesses. Let's build it more densely and let's create that livable, workable space where you've got a small, you know, grocery store walkable or bikeable to, to you and walk walkable transit right down the street and um, more multimodal transportation stuff, more public spaces, um, you know, plazas that people can can actually gather on. You can you could you can drive on them, but they're like a boner, like what you were talking about there, Brady. You know, smaller, narrower streets that that are definitely more human scale rather right, yeah, than yeah. spread out expanses of hot asphalt. You know, try walking down Main Street on the in the afternoon on a hot day. It is one of the least inviting environments. Start it. I recommend that you start at second and just yeah. go south until you get down to the museum. Yeah, it's pretty darn hot. That's, that's not a fun that walk. That's not a fun planning walk. is not yeah. working. Yeah. So what's what's been the reception to Prosper Longmont in the community? I think it's it's generally quite positive. The group continues to grow and, and garner interest. And it's a it's a cross section of the community as well. It's it's not it's not just you know people that that there's not like really it's not a bunch of property owners and it's a it's a bunch of different people. I mean you know housing experts like like um, Dave was Dave uh, from uh, Habitat is is on there and you know uh, Amory Jensen from from ECHO, East County Housing Opportunities is on there. So we're trying to bring in housing expertise. Paul D'Angelo, who's the, the guy running Thistle now. These are all people that, that understand housing and all of the affordable capital A housing people really strongly support what we're trying to do because they know that it's a dead end street what they're doing without a bridge, without an exit from subsidized housing into people being able to buy homes and, and grow their equity. And so, Erica, go ahead, Annie. I'm sorry. I, I feel like, um, I feel like I need a little gap shoot here, but what, I, I'm not totally sure what prospect Longmont actually functionally does. Are you an advocacy group? Are you actually doing, are you building things? Like what is, what are you actually doing day to day mission? Prosper. Uh, we're sorry. Trying, did I say prospect? My apologies. Prosper. We're, we are trying to, um, remind the city that they've already had all of these great ideas and solutions and to actually get them implemented, um, start to actually solve, create, create a path to being able to actually build workforce attainable missing middle. And it, it, every, a lot of things have to come together. Um, you have to have developers that, that are willing to build in, in that area, you have to have a predictable and transparent entitlement process. You have to have the right kind of funding to support these kind of developments. And it, it's gonna take other tools as well. We're working on lending, a uh, lending program. Um, you know, John Creighton, you mentioned um, from High Plains Bank is working with Lonnie Jenkins from Cornerstone Home Lending to build these lending products, low to no down, no PMI, no private mortgage insurance at com competitive rates and 
So somebody who's right on the cusp of qualifying can can move across the line into qualifying into a, a non-equity restricted you know, ownership position because most of the affordable programs want to have permanently affordable units. Right. So your your house price, when your neighbor's house price, which is a market house, you know, you say you both bought it at $150,000. And in 15 years, your neighbor sells their house for 500 and you sell your house for two, 300. You know, that's, that's you know, a, a deed restricted equity cap. We're, we're trying to get stuff built that doesn't have the cap. And the only way for that to work in the long run is to match supply with demand and create something other than 2,000, 2,200 square foot homes on, on quarter acre lots. You're going to have to have a range of stuff from, you know, six, seven, 800 square feet to, to whatever, you know, 14, 1500 square feet on much smaller lots. Right. Um, build stuff closer, build our neighborhoods differently. I mean, if you drive around, you know, if you spend some time in Europe, I lived in Europe for, for years and years, we're far more car dependent. There are, if you just drive up I-25, drive to Fort Collins and just look at, or drive to Windsor, drive and, and go see, is there any commercial activity in that group of 300 homes over there? Is there anything you can walk to and buy? Anything. And, yeah, no, and yeah. answer in most of the instances yeah. is no. Yeah. If they're lucky, they got a fire station. Right. Yeah. One of the things so, that I thought was funniest is when a uh, European came over, this was back when I lived in Virginia, even they said, um, God, you, you guys need cars just to cross the street because they were on one side of a, like a four lane and they wanted to go to the other side. And I don't remember it was a mall and a, what a restaurant or something. And they're like, we, we really just, we can't even get across the street. There's, there's, uh, turning lanes and then there's the center there's the median it's like it's a huge expanse and there's like trucks barreling down and they were they were dumbfounded um by that so okay is- so really quick i want to just sorry recap for the listeners because what what you guys are advocating for is alternative an alternative affordable housing approach which are affordable housing traditionally like thistle community and some of these other ones that you've named today one of the ways they do is they say if you earn of the annual median income, you can purchase this condo or purchase this home and you, that's great, but you can only get so much equity. There's, that's what you mean by the cap on equity. You can only certain so much equity over the life of this home once you sell it. And, and that's, that's great because someone can own a home in theory, but you're not benefiting from the same wealth building that someone who's buying a market house is. And I'm sorry, I know you all know this. I'm just recapping this a little bit. And so it sounds like what Prosper Longmont is advocating for is a a slightly different model that allows people who are 80% in this, this gap they are identifying AMI to just barely, who are just barely not competitive enough to, to actually buy a market home, to be able to buy a market home. And the way we're going to make those market homes more accessible to those people is rethink what affordable housing is. Think on density, think about infill, think about getting it closer, not just building like single family homes that, so it seems like there's two approaches here, like the model of actual affordable housing and how people get to access it and qualify for it and the actual housing that's being built. And it sounds like you have a lot of support behind it. It it requires a whole mind shift. Yeah. I mean, density, height, design standards, you know, our design standards, 
the landscaping alone adds a lot of cost because it adds a lot of land. Yeah. You know, yeah, height absolutely. limitations add, you know, limit limit how inexpensive you can build. It, it, right. Height limits the density and density is the solution. If land cost is a huge cost, which it is, density is the only way to overcome land cost. That's why New York City has buildings that are so tall because the land is unapproachable. Yeah. I mean, in our own little landlocked town, that same dynamic at a very different scale, still those principles all still apply. Sure. And then livability, you know, transportation, multimodal. If you really want all of these other things, walkability, bikeability, you've got to get denser. You can't, you can't have a grocery store 10 miles away and walk to it. It just doesn't work. So it, there's a lot of these livability, um, you know, sustainability kind of principles that all kind of circle around housing and, and the housing model. We, we have to stop sprawling out. We have to fold back in and redevelop, develop land that's marginally developable, um, redevelop land, repurpose buildings that aren't being used for the old purpose because, you know, society changes and needs change. We just, we have to, we have to get after it in, in a completely different way. But changing, changing the design standards, the process, and, and getting, getting projects in and having, having some leadership at, at the very top of our city, I think, is, is fundamental to actually getting this to go. I mean, the city, city staff effectively works under city council. City council sets the stage. They set the vision out. They need to ensure that the city is collectively working you know, and aligned in, in making that happen, that all of the different areas of the city all filter their decision process through the strategic vision. And because, Eric, I was going to say, too, it's kind of really you, you talked about, it. I mean, strategically, the city has had some of these things kind of on the docket, but it's enacting, it's enacting the strategies that they've kind of had in their strategic planning in some ways and looking at it from a pragmatic lens and just saying, you know, we don't need to do countless study after countless study. Let's let's act. Yeah, we they there's a lot of wisdom already in these plans. It's it's yeah. it's really if what if you read them all and, and it's it can become frustrating. It's like, wait a minute, this has already been <laughs> this has already been discussed, tormented, studied, you know, and solved a lot of times in someone's mind. But the rubber the rubber needs to actually hit the road. And let's uh, let's get you out on this one. Like, how do you want people to get involved? Like our listeners or other people in the community? Like, how do you see them getting involved? Is this a is Prosper Longmont like a closed society, or are you looking at other people getting involved somehow? It's, or it, people know. reach out and contact us. Some of the members of Prosper are just like, hey, we we saw we read your blog or we saw you speak, and we want to get involved because people I know are having these very same issues that you're talking about. So it's there's been a lot of a lot of people coming in from different areas, wherever wherever they cross our paths. And to answer your question, Annie, we're we're we are a group of volunteers without any kind of overarching governance. We just have we have some goals that we're trying, and we're so we're basically volunteer advocates. In Do all gooders. Of our free time. Do gooders, right? Yeah, we're yeah. trying. We're trying to help help identify solutions to a problem that is not been solved yet. 
and it and it really does need to be solved. And I think by bringing together the co- the community as a collective, I mean, Longmont EDP, we always talk about collective impact, getting everyone in the room, getting everyone aligned, everyone in agreement with what we want to do. And then you've got all the players and all the decision makers right there. Then you can actually get something done. So it's really we're out working to get everybody on board. Is this a problem? No one said it's not. The only people that said it not are the ones that own real estate and don't want anyone else moving in because their property values are skyrocketing. That's a small minority of our community. Most people actually have a more humane perspective and understand that over time, we have to continually address this issue. Well, Eric, we really appreciate you dropping by and let us and letting us know more about Prosper Longmont and some of your passions around uh, affordable housing and around workforce housing. And and just thank you for for taking a stand and, and stepping out with a group of people to try to make a difference. And, you know, I the way I look at it is Longmont's so unique. And I know that the Annie and Brady feel the same, that we're unique. If we could do something to solve an issue like this, at least in our own community, and that others could emulate, that would be pretty amazing. So yeah, we've got we've got contacts in communities around the front range. So if we can really just every and we're stealing ideas from other communities where they've got some things figured out. So we should yeah. all be using everyone's best practices to get there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll have you back and check in with uh, what, what's going on with uh, Prosper Longmont. Thanks a lot, Eric. Sounds great. Talk to you all soon. All right. Take care. That was Eric Wallace, the co-founder and co-owner of Left Hand Brewing Company who's also very involved in the community around affordable housing, around economic development, and we we thank him for coming by. So uh, now a quick hard pivot to oh things going on in Longmont oh or boy. other news that you have. Um, anybody have anything to share? Annie, I thought it was really great that you asked for clarification. So that was awesome because there are some that are probably more conversant in the affordable housing issue and some that you know, are still yeah. wondering. Sure. It's pretty easy what. if you're like, thinking about it all the time and it's like let's just go into the weeds right now and then, uh, <laughs> so uh, are you get lost no uh i know the, these weeds these are my weeds That's right. Um, That's right. yeah. i will say my... that uh i want to yeah. like because because this comes up all the time i was uh driving home today and um there was uh, a turn light whatever the green protected arrow and somebody was turning and it was so late this guy absolutely burned this light. It was so late. <laughs> and then across from him, like fr- front row and center was uh, Longwood police. And they just, you know, they were just like, yep, that's the way that it works here. And I was just yeah. like, yep. And like, it's the, I mean, it is just the way the game is played this time. A lot of people complain about it, but it's, it's not enforced. And, and I was like, if ever, like, I want to see what happens. And I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at the the LPD. It's it's whatever. However, it's done is what it's done. But it's like people are like, well, and I was like, well, here's the case study. This he's gonna see this, and he's he's right there. He's just turned. <laughs> it's, that's fine. Get out of here. Hey, I will tell you though that Annie is probably familiar with this intersection, the intersection of Main and Eleventh. Mm-hmm. If worst. I'm going east and the worst. west, I wait like yep. probably more than yep. a half a second because people are running that light all the time. Death and if anybody from traffic is listening, yeah. you know, please yeah. do something about that light. It's oh, really, it is, really bad. It is scary. It if is we're going to keep riding this this horse into the ground, yeah. I was as that same trip today. I was driving. I was going north, and I wanted to take a left hand turn on, I think it was First Street, first or second, and there's no turn lane 
if you're driving south on Main Street mm-hmm. and yeah. you want to go, you want to cross traffic, take a left. Um, or yeah, take a left. There's no turn lane there, just past yeah. the tracks, south yeah. of the South Main Station. That, that, so that there's one a should woman, be t- yeah. There's a woman like stopped in that lane. And the, it's backed up to third, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, uh, okay. And so people do, I mean, and I understand why Longmont's going to say, well, we can't be super consistent if you're going to pull into the intersection, you know, it's it's technically it's legal, but she didn't do that. She didn't get out there. She just sat in the lane and then couldn't see the light change. She went for another cycle. Everybody's waiting. And it's like that intersection, it sucks. Like it's, yeah, it's, that has to, that one. And then finally, you know, intersections we like to grasp about. That's yeah. our new segment. Um, the one that just drives me mad is Ken Pratt and Sunset. So if you're going south on Sunset, there is no right turn lane. So what undoubtedly happens is somebody who's going straight pulls in front of me and I want to turn onto Ken Pratt so I can get going on, on 119. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, can we have a turn lane over here? It would be, I will say I am on board with, um, this whole, like, maybe it should be a bit more onerous to drive through town. Like if these yeah. are. If it were more walkable and we had other transportation, I, you know, ways to get around, uh, I'd be into that. But as it is, you need a car. And well, like, I thought this woman was just going to get like yeah. somebody's going to start throwing stuff at her. It some of these intersections are all are right, all right, old men. Yeah. Let's move on from the traffic, even though I had my own. Oh, come on, let's talk about weather. <laughs> this, so this, is what's, about weather. this is I what's want to coming yell at clouds. <laughs> I would like to stop and yell at clouds. <laughs> Have you noticed Go how irregular the cloud sheet is? <laughs> Annie, please help us. What all right, this is what's going on around Longmont. I'll tell you what, tomorrow, last day of school. School's out for the summer, which is very exciting. There have been a million things to do during the day for like three weeks, and we're finally almost released from all of that. And I did want to mention on a similar note to the content we just had with our guest is that um, Savior Valley Schools Nutritional Services Department will offer uh, meals to families, again, at no cost this summer. So for a lot of families who are on free and reduced lunch, who depend on meals during the school year, and then school gets out and you get summer hunger, which is totally real, um, the district does provide those meals. So they're going to be served throughout the month of June at Altona Middle School, Frederick High School, Mead Elementary School, and Skyline High School. So please Please do your best to spread the word and make sure families know that they can pick up meals every day, Monday through Thursday, with double meals on Thursday um, for families who who might need them. And this service is for everybody. It's not just like free and reduced. Like yeah. anybody can go pick up food. We will absolutely stop by these parking lots and say hello and pick up some meals this summer. It's a great awesome. service. I was going to say, Annie, do you know anything about the protests going on at the school board about fresh food? There's a protest today. No. They're closing off traffic. Mm-hmm. No, so, I don't know about that. That sounds yeah. exciting. So tonight, I believe city, I'm um, sorry, tonight school board um, meeting is, meeting is happening and supposedly there's going to be a protest. Brady is efforting probably to look up at the Longmont leader, I believe is where I saw the headline, but I believe they're closing traffic, um, wow. rerouting so they can have that peaceful protest, but I just didn't know if you'd heard anything in the no, I mean, memo. It wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, like to advocate got, for more fresh food or something. I've got I one guess, here yeah. from CPR News. So the headline is St. Marine Valley School District District's Latino parents want fresh, nutritious, and healthy food served at school. Um, and so this is actually saying it's Latino moms. It's uh, in Longmont. Um, they're calling it the suburbs north of Denver. We won't get into that. I'm not really sure yeah, how I feel about that. Yeah. Many, many who uh, uh, work or volunteer in their children's schools. Notice kids weren't eating 
yeah, their cafeteria meals, uh, a lot of food is wasted because you're coming home hungry. Um, so why aren't you eating? Da, 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 da. I, so I guess they just want um, better food. So I'm trying to, I'll try to pick through this. The mom's yeah, I mean, I figured this business, was coming. So awesome. yeah. yeah, Boulder Boulder Valley has had a lot of that advocacy over the last, I don't know, decade, really. Mm-hmm. And I figured, and there's a pretty big, forgetting the name of that group, that chef, this woman that led the charge, she started a whole organization that got into Boulder hospitals and some Boulder schools to- Oh, Chef Anne? Is that what you're Yes, Chef, chef Anne. I'm trying to yeah. remember her yeah. foundation or whatever. Yeah. So she was pretty vocal and, and she moved the needle there. So it's sort of just a matter of time before some of that same influence comes to Longmont. So a notable yeah. highlight is that um, they said, you know, kids struggle with obesity. There's there's gaps, whatever. But she said students in Boulder and Louisville got fresh fruit smoothies for breakfast. Students in Longmont and Erie got packaged banana muffins and pizza breakfast. Breakfast pizza. Sorry, pizza breakfast, breakfast pizza. Um, uh, lots of processed and canned foods. So um, non-fat chocolate milk laden with sugar. Uh, that's what I grew up on. Um, yeah. So I get it. I do. I get it because it's, I mean. Yeah. No, it's, it, it would be really cool to have fresher food. That's for sure. And anyway, um, other things. Uh, let's see. Landing Park, it looks like the city council has defined camping, a new definition. So they defined camping to help to reduce the amount of camping yeah. going on in Lanyon Park. Yeah. And so homelessness. I thought they were a, changing the, the 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 hours of the park. Is that happening? They are, no. but they're doing, they're not really changing it. I think that they're not going to enforce somebody who's walking their dog, but I think more the camping definition was right. more to the point of trying to make sure that they reduce the amount of people in Lanyon Park that were camping for sure. multiple times. So that is a very uh, tenuous um issue so you know as far as as what to do with the homeless situation in town um parklets are back and downtown i know i saw them building those and hang out you know so they're going to remain in place until october and they're only taking up 12 spaces this time because a few other people or a few other restaurants didn't want to take them up in the offer define parklets for our listeners eric yeah they're like the little um I call it a dais, call it a platform. It's sort of a wired off um, parking space. Like they they make a little uh, enclosed box right next to traffic. You put tables in and that kind of stuff. And um, it's another one of these things that I think dovetails really well into what is Main Street for? What are some of the roads for in that area? Because if they're for cars, it's not great. Um, (laughs) If they're for people, then, you know, we should make them more for people. Um, People are going to, you know, I'm sure there are people that have tuned uh, turned this off a long time ago that would probably disagree with that. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's terrifying when a truck with a large wing mirror that spews <laughs> like uh, have diesel exhaust. Have you guys exhaust. ever sat on a parklet and eaten a, a meal? No, yourselves? I've stood on one. <laughs> have you? Annie, have you? No, it looks totally like risky. It looks like one of these... Yep. I was likening it with a friend earlier today about like if they t- built a deck next to like a crashing wave from the ocean where yeah. you're like, this is yeah. kind of cool, but I'm getting wet and it's really loud and I'm not right. sure if this is safe. <laughs> I mean, I ideally, mean, I think it's successful when there is an an other alternative street. So like West Pearl between, say, right. 9th and uh, 13th or something like that. They put it on, you know, they've just blocked off the street. Yeah. And so there's no traffic. There's no worry of traffic. And so right. I think 
you know, if you had fourth, if fourth was blocked off and the restaurants could do that, but there are no restaurants really on fourth. I mean, I wonder if the parklets, do you think they end up getting treated like a margin almost where if you didn't have the parklet, you wouldn't be sitting at a table that's literally on the edge of the sidewalk where the car that's parked is right next to you. But now you have the parklet, AKA is just blocked off and you're more likely to spread all the way to the edge of the sidewalk and have more outdoor seating in that way. So take up main street parking with a parklet, put a bunch of like potted hedges on the parklet and then sit right next to the Honestly, I think that would actually be more pleasant. Like, like hear hear us city. Like that sounds kind of nice actually. Because I will say that, while I appreciate the city making effort, making changes, this is one of those that's like, yeah, this is a, a fairly low hanging fruit thing to try. But I went on one once. It's kind of like you get a Harley coming by or like a diesel truck or something. It's one thing if you got like a couple little like a, a Honda Fit or something coming by. You're like, well, I prefer not to eat in traffic. But, you know, it's, it's like it's a Honda Fit. But if you have a, a diesel truck with widened wheels yeah, and smokestacks yeah. or a Harley and you can't like you're going to you're going to lose decibels in your hearing and, and why not Well, if they were all like EVs, that'd be great. So that'd yeah. be awesome. Just, yeah, just sit around with an electric car. I'd feel safe with that. Or like golf I, carts or something like that. That'd golf cart. If Main Street was golf cart only. Yeah. It would be so much more pleasant to security. I would probably sit next to that. You get hit by a okay. golf cart. All right. Here's one speaking of uh parking and traffic and our common theme every week. Uh <laughs> I saw that they have valet parking now at Westside Tavern. Is that new in the last few weeks? I s- yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I heard about uh, that how, have you yeah. heard how successful it is? Who's who's angry about this now? What's going um, on? You know, I'm kind of staying away from the whole situation, to be honest. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a, it's kind it's, of a it's hot probably mess. the only valet parking kind of in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know. I I just think it's weird that you're going <laughs> to drive your car there and pay a man to go and park it in front of some somebody else's house. house. Somebody's <laughs> house. And then <laughs> ask him to go back to that guy's house and, and get your car. I think that that's a little odd. I, I, I see somebody see what somebody, a capitalist, a struggle, a, a young capitalist mm-hmm. would seize upon this opportunity. And like, maybe they have a nice driveway in their house or maybe they have additional parking outside their house. Right. Oh, so, like, so, and so some I, young, like teenager, 18 yeah. would go over there and say, yeah, I'll park. They're charging you four bucks, but I'll, tr- I'll charge you three bucks. So there was and actually, you and I'll send you a refreshment on the way back or something, you know, like <laughs> in Charlottesville, it was actually really weird because there were, um, there were homes near the stadiums that were rented out by like the, the stadium for the college university um, that like kids would live in the, the college students would live in and the, like the leases would say you have to get out of here or all of the cars would leave now like game day they charge five or 20 bucks to park in mm-hmm. their driveway so they were doing that but everybody had to like you guys go park again in somebody else's you know so all of those cars would be out and they were up. so uh it's been done it was a very weird affair i don't know that i would want that um in a neighborhood, yeah. I, it is it is strange. It's enterprising, and if you need beer it's money, it's so month. funny to see valet parking in, yeah, like, on Third Street in Longmont. Driving over there, wouldn't you just have the same idea and say, "I'll just park in front of Brady's house and walk right. over there"? But anyway, <laughs> um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna like yeah. catch, and they're just gonna put a sign up saying, "Oh, yeah. I've got an idea where this schmuck lives." I just think it's so. It's like there's a there's a mess. Um, a couple of it's things like a, too, I want to know. A yacht on a pond. That's right. All right. A couple of things I want to know is the children's theater I mentioned last week. So Matt 
uh, emailed the show and the children's theater is going to be at 800 South Hover. It actually is not anything to do with Jester's. I was so, really wondering okay. about that. It's like, the loco theater the dot com. Okay. So right. it's, uh, right. that's the website, right. but it's going to be in Hover next to Hobby Lobby, 800 South Hover. So, Hey, look, um, you know what, Eric, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes we all make some mistakes, some honest mistakes where we mess up some details as long as we come back and correct ourselves. So. I'm with you. Absolutely. I'm still waiting for that correction, Annie. But anyway. um, um, And then also both of you, I'll throw a little shade your way too from listening, Nick. (laughs) Hey, Nick. Let's hear it. So he says he's never heard you pronounce the name of this band like you did. So I'm going to. Oh, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Give it to me. Sigurus. Sigurus. Okay. He was like. Isn't he French? Sigurus. No, no, Icelandic. Icelandic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) One more time. One more time, both of you. Yep. Because he's like, Sugar Ross, what are you talking about, people? Let's do it again. Sigurus. One more time. Sigurus. Sigurus. Okay, there we go. So just just to clarify that, um, yeah, so he he was saying that (laughs) weird. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to listen to like pretentious experimental Icelandic music, you should probably get the name right, right? (laughs) <laughs> well, it, you know, it seems like, you know, in, in kind of in your wheelhouse, Brady, you should really just kind of hit that pronunciation. On that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He flew Sigurus. out there. Did he not introduce himself? Did he ever say his own no, name? No, 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 no. They don't say much anything. They come out, it's like lights. Sigurus. Like what? Sigurus. <laughs> I were sugar rocks. It's not a, It's not like a, a, a crowd banter kind of show i just gonna put that out there just go listen to it, like go listen to it. and i think i looked up the actual pronunciation for the their first album is algaitis barun and like it's oh, if you look at it not it's bad. not bad see he nails it what what the heck what happened to sugar ross what like you were in like nashville at an ascar yeah. rally or something i want so to see sugar ross anyway, Sigur, so it's sigur s-i-g-u-r sigur uh, ross sigur ross so there you go. Um, yeah, I enjoyed, so I enjoyed the concert. I, I just wanted to throw some shade at both of you for that. Oh, and then also wanted <laughs> Thank to you. Com- he just loves the show, but also Thank recommends Lily Lake if people want to do something. You know, we were talking about where do you take relatives or obscure friends? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, when nice. you're in So like Lily Lake, they don't really check for passes there. You can it's kind of crowded, but you can go up there and, and yeah. generally walk around. It's beautiful and it's a short hike. So I get it. And then he was talking about we were talking about Pittsburgh pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I had someone. Uh, yeah, that, I had another that, listener give me that feedback. <laughs> so Pittsburgh, I didn't know this. Second highest pizzeria per capita, 9.9 per 10,000 residents. Oh, good and then you. he sent me a link to like a pizza, you know, like a pizza article. And it talks about like, what is Pittsburgh pizza? And like, you know, wading through this like hours yeah. and hours and still there's no answer. So I have no idea. But does it have anything to do with putting raw cheese on it? There is actually a cold pizza that is known in Pittsburgh, yeah. oh, which is just okay. the weirdest thing in the world. All like, right, there you go, Dusty. Pizza. Dusty said yeah. that there was no such thing as um, raw oh, cheese. Oh, you wouldn't think that there would be, would you? <laughs> if you've had yeah. the stuff with the melted cheese. You guys ever seen Parks and Rec? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah that one of my favorite, my favorite lines to that whole thing is um, Andy's, like they're talking about nachos and making nachos because he's in a band. And the other band members is like giving a hard time. He goes, fine. We can melt the cheese on the nachos if you want to try that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, it's like, I'm going like, wow. And to me, it's the same thing. Like, why would you, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'll keep out of it. I like cold cheese on plenty of stuff. To me, pizza (laughs) should just have like, you know, well, 
wells of Greece. I'm from the Midwest. Wells of Greece and, uh, you know, uh, melted cheese. What do you want? So I have to, a couple more things for listener Nick. I mean, he wrote like a novella. It was great. So he says, <laughs> thanks for the heads up on Bricks Retail. My daughters and I went down there a few weeks to get some gifts. I was for just there today. Had a Ooh. wonderful, nice time talking with the owner down there about the store and the tours. So obviously hey. Jennifer. So shout yeah. out to Jennifer. So thank shout you. Out. They also checked out Knuckle Puck Brewing. Got to say that really carefully indeed. <laughs> um, and a few weeks back, we took the whole family there. And had a great time there hanging out for a couple hours. Beer was amazing. It was nice. They had some games there for kids. They said they're going to start having barbecue there on weekends soon. Mm. In addition to Pittsburgh pizza. I'm kidding about the Pittsburgh pizza. I don't <laughs> know. Okay. Twofold. Like, is it surprising that that didn't take off anywhere else, really, geographically? And what happened in Pittsburgh? If anybody has this, well, I'll send you the link. You can read all about it. If you no, like. And I might yeah. just do that. But I'm saying yeah. like, it, it didn't spread anywhere else to the point where people are saying, no, that's not a real thing. That's <laughs> who would do that. And then apparently it's, it's popular there. And like, what happened there to, to make these people go? Yes, this is so good. Why? You know what? What is I? You know, it's such Brady a has um Brady has what my son calls rock brain on Pittsburgh pizza at the moment. Yeah. No, I'm functionally fixing it. So it is the. If you want to look this up, you can Google it, Brady. You know, after the show. But yeah, uh, yeah just it read must it. be. Otherwise, must, I'll just read it verbatim. Yeah. I believe it's called Beto's. B e t o. Um, it's probably like Beecher. You know, it's probably Icelandic. <laughs> but anyway, Beto's um, is the one that has popular popularized cold cheese pizza. <laughs> Been there since the 50s and uh, oven fresh rectangles topped with mountains of fridge fresh provolone. Fridge fresh. I don't know if I'm into that. I just uh, don't. You know, yeah. I yeah. I would, I and I like, I would honestly try that if I could eat this pizza. I There's yeah, no course. way that this is yeah. gluten free. I mean, if they, this was gluten free, I'd, I'm going to drive to Pittsburgh, but should I ever be there? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd happily eat it. Uh, yeah. Well, reeling it back to Longmont where we do melt our cheese on our pizza. Mm-hmm. We have yet another Ziggy's opening. Yeah, in yeah, then south over. Yeah. Uh, also uh, at the southwest corner of Clover Basin and Airport. Oh, okay. sorry. I was thinking about, sorry. I was thinking about the Dutch Brothers one. That's on south. A word, yeah. Plant. Yeah, so Ziggy's. What, so where How much paint could you possibly need, Eric? Yeah, I know. I know. So where is uh, it again, Annie? Sorry. Clover Basin and Airport. Oh, so we're in that new little center. Yeah, over there. So that, that center the they've space. been working on. They've got yeah. all this commercial space. There were a couple of pad sites, and they're doing their, as they do, their number one model, only model, really, is to build up from the ground up and do drive through. And so there will be another one there at um, Clover Basin and Airport to add to the 50 to 60 something and counting Ziggies that Crazy. now exist. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Good for them. They Seriously. are just crushing it. Although I they're all franchises. Surprised. I'm always surprised at this point no. that new coffee shops with different names can be like be a thing i would have thought that the market would be saturated with like brand awareness yeah. or whatever i'm yeah. surprised that it keeps going coffee booze and pizza yeah, yeah. and you know what pretty soon i think starbucks and others are going to be like why do we need this giant space why can't we just have a booth i know because you go into starbucks coffee? now and they're all empty it's crazy yeah, everybody it just wants the drive-through it's nice yeah. unless you have like a vibey coffee shop where it's you know, ah. I did go to, uh, speaking of Vibe, I did go into Brewing Market uh, end of last week. Um, and Kelsey and I, we, <laughs> I asked for some coffee beans and I asked for Turkish coffee, two Turkish coffees, <laughs> um, which are quite good. I'll give them a shout out. I think that they were good. I really enjoyed the Turkish coffee. Um, Four and hours later. Some, no. Yeah, yeah, right. But look, the thing is, 
I went in, I'm like, can I get this coffee? And then, so he's like getting all of this coffee ready. And I'm like, it's taking forever. And I, I go, can, can we have the coffees first? Like the idea was that we <laughs> would have the coffee, drink the coffee while you're doing it. And he kind of looked at me and was like, okay. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't like, I gave him a tip and whatever. And I, I will go back. I love that place. But it was just kind of like, what's the order of operations here? Um, because it was well, really it, it, you're paying for the Portland experience. If you're at, or I very much coffee, you got to pay for the Portland experience. That's why I was saying but they didn't, they didn't start it. And he was like, three quarters of the way into getting these beans ready. And it's like, okay, well, all right, whatever. And it's a nice place. So I looked at, you know, teapots and they got all kinds of cool stuff. How long now has Brewing Market been there? It's so, it was there when I was in high school. It was one of those like new coffee shops to go sit at. I wish that place was- Not in Longmont technically, but in Boulder in 1977. Yeah, 77 in Boulder. And But when did the Longmont one open? Oh, it's only been maybe 10 years, maybe- I no, wish no. that that was no. downtown. No, no, no. I think that it's that been longer than ten years. Wait, well, you can, I sat. Okay, I went. I was in high school much longer than ten years ago, and I sat in Brew Market in high school. Okay, I'm certain of well, it. Well, we'll take bets on that one. I bet okay, you it's less I'm than say, twelve. Less than twelve. <laughs> I'm going to say <laughs> that Brew Market was there by. I'm going out on a limb here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 2002. No. <laughs> oh no. Oh, oh no. I'll take that bet. I'll take that okay. bet. Five dollars. So. 2004? <laughs> uh, no, I'll take that bet too. Yeah. No. All Actually, right. you know what? Maybe, maybe I think you're probably getting closer. Yeah. But 2004? Can we go with it's that? Hang on. I'm so it's see, been a while. Let's see what it says. All right. Yeah. I'm just looking it up. I'm going to effort as you will. Are you efforting? 77. Yes. Yeah, established in 77. Like you said, probably in Boulder. But how can we find out about Longmont? I don't know that they're going to be like, and then we opened our cell. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and this year, that year, this exactly. year, that. Have you I guys been in? And have you been into the brewing market in Boulder, the one down there, and seen how nice it is now? It's so crazy. They yeah, thirteenth like, is gorgeous. Yeah. So I feel gorgeous. like I mentioned that, and nobody listens to me on this podcast. But anyway, <laughs> no, no, um, I, I do think that we probably need to give our audience a break here pretty soon. So, um, a couple of things I wanted to mention too is the Longmont Home Show is May twenty seventh through 29th. That's this nice. weekend. If you're looking for a hot tub at Windows, I'm joking. I haven't been to a home show in years, so I have no idea what they do at home shows. But anyway, for those who are looking for stuff to improve their home, right. might be a good place to get some ideas. Um, and the Boulder Creek Festival is going on this weekend as well. A lot of people like to go to that. Have you guys been admit- getting weird cold calls recently from people in Longmont, like no. sales? Because no, I've gotten a call from an, an insurance, like, and I like, I got a call from somebody at an insurance company. I'm like, and like, hi, yeah, from so-and-so from the insurance company, blah, blah, blah. And he's like going on and on about like rates and stuff. And I'm like, Wait, what? I don't have insurance with you. He's like, no, I don't. You have insurance with me, and I'm like, why are you calling me? <laughs> why did you pick up the phone, Brady? You sound like I'm gonna have to. It was a long <laughs> number, and I do freelance work, so I pick it up. You know, like, I'm gonna have to <laughs> chastise you. It's All like right. my, I'm talking to my mother right now. You're like, Mom, don't pick up the phone. Eric, you never know. Phone. It could yeah. somebody could need money. You don't, you don't know. And I got one, but I got one for a realtor that I didn't pick up and she left a message. And I was like, what the heck? They called to tell me about listings and asking if I wanted to sell my house. I'm like, don't call me. Don't and really don't leave a voice message. If you're out there, don't leave me. A, I have to go through and, and go to the voice message. You know how owner, I, I hate that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's a, that's a public shaming. So what's the name of that band? That Ice Light Ice Band again? Sigurdos. There you go. Good job. Nails it this time. Uh, all right. As always, thanks to Andy Epler for our music. Find us wherever you find your pod content. Why wouldn't you want more of this conversation? Come right. <laughs> if you want us to go to two hours, just write and tell us. Yeah. 
uh, reach out to us at sidedishlongmont at gmail.com if you have any comments for the show or just want to tell us what you're doing this summer. We appreciate it. Thank you both. Thank you.